This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Talking Books on News Talk 106 to 108. Well, most of us barely scraped by the first week of the new year, getting back to work, the old routines, and coping with the exhaustion of Christmas. Well, with that in mind, I thought it might be nice to delve into a book all about inspiration and finding and becoming your true self. Sir Ken Robinson is a writer, motivator, creativity expert and international public speaker. His latest book, Finding Your Element, follows on from his hugely successful book, The Element, which topped the New York Times bestsellers list. His new book, essentially offers readers really practical advice on how to become your true authentic self to find the career, relationships and communities that work best with your unique personality. It's a hugely interesting read and I think anyone who's looking for fresh answers or trying to develop new opportunities or relationships, well, this is a book for you. Ken and I began the interview by discussing all the noise in contemporary society. I think we're increasingly submerged in it. Yeah, I mean, life's always been noisy, but it, I think it's getting noisier. And I'm not a Luddite about these things. I'm not saying we should throw away all our devices, but there's just so much insistent clamour for our attention these days. I mean, if you look at the noise that comes from the multiple TV channels and the internet and then multiply it by social media. I mean, I was thinking recently, you know, I, I tweet these days, Susan, I think you ought to know this. You know, I'm a tweeter. And, uh, you know, but 10 years ago, you didn't have to tweet. You didn't have to go on Facebook. You didn't have to keep up with all this stuff. And, you know, there are some big benefits to it. But I do worry that we spend so much time plugged in to devices. And I'm as guilty of this as anybody. You know, I wake up in the morning, I check the emails before I go to bed. I tend to check what's going on 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 the internet. And I I work hard myself to try and stop it. There's a curiosity that draws you to it. And part of my argument, you know, is that if you you want to find fulfillment and happiness and a purpose in your life, you have to get to know yourself better. And that means spending more time with yourself. And, And yes, I think turning off the noise and trying to hear yourself more clearly. And clearly the likes of the Desert Fathers who retreated into silence to turn inward, to learn, to listen and to understand. Maybe we've lost the, the appreciation of going inward and the silence and the stopping. And maybe that's how we've all got so lost. I think there is some truth in that, you know. I mean, some people, of course, opt for a life of silence and a life of contemplation and to retreat. And that's true in, in most of the great religions. There are those who who pull themselves away and live a life of silence. And it's not an option that everybody has available, but it doesn't remove the need to spend that time with yourself. And, and, I mean, the original conception of prayer was that. Over time, it's become a kind of, people tend to look on prayer as a sort of bucket list, you know, things they would like to have done for them. But really, the original conception of prayer is very close to meditation. It's a time of reflection and and of silence and, and quiet, not asking for things, but of being present. And that's what meditation is essentially about. And it's interesting to me that there is a, a growing interest in for all forms of meditation, uh, you know, from the sort of meditation that goes along with the physical practices of yoga and exercise to the increasing interest in meditative religions, including Buddhism, for example. So I think people are feeling that, and they're right to feel it, because in the end, you know, inner peace and knowledge and truth comes from from striking a balance between spending time in the outside world and spending time in your inner world. Can we talk a little bit about happiness? How do you define happiness and how tangible is happiness? Well, you're quite right to say this because happiness is one of those universal 
purposes that people put very high on their list. If you ask most people what they want, quite early on in the conversation, they'll say they want to be happy or they want their children to be happy or the people they love to be happy. But th there's a lot of evidence out there. I mean, Gallup has done a lot of work on this recently that the levels of happiness are not increasing along with the growth in material. The World Health Organization recently published a report that estimated, if I get this right, that within 20 years, one of the most significant causes of mortality among human beings will be depression. You know, and this is at a time when overall the world is, is uh, experiencing an increase in material well-being. So it isn't an external state. I mean, that's my point, really, that there's no direct and reliable correlation between being better off and being happy. There are plenty of people who are well off, who are miserable, and plenty of people who don't have very much who, who might claim to be happy. It's, an, it's a spiritual state, isn't it? it? It's not a material state. It's a state of well-being. And, and I think it comes from having a sense of purpose in your life and a sense of doing something that you feel you're you are meant to do, the way you feel you're being authentic with yourself. It's what the book, The Element and Finding Your Element, is really about. It's finding those activities and processes in your life where you feel this is who I really am. And part of that is maybe listening to yourself, you know, taking the time to listen, to understand the patterns in your life and to understand the opportunities where you can make changes and active changes. That's right. I mean, I just define the element as the point where, I mean, by the way, I mean, I've just appropriated the language here. It's language we use all the time, isn't it? When we say that people are clearly you know, doing what they were meant to do, we, we casually say they're in their element. The book, The Element, and, and the, the sequel, Finding Your Element, is, is really trying to fathom what that really means. And, and it's at least two things, I think, when you say somebody's in their element. And, and I guess it's true of you when you're doing the work you love to do. It, it, firstly, you're doing something that you feel you have a natural feel for, you know, a natural talent, like you get it. But it's more than that. But that's also important because we all get different things you know i mean some people just feel at home the minute they, they walk into you know a workshop or a garage i mean and lit off an engine they just know what they're doing here you know and some people are baffled by that i mean i would be one of them uh, other people walk into a library and think here we are do you, do you know what i mean it, it's it's or walk onto a sports field or a dance studio and they know what's expected they know what it is and they can do it so part of being your element is doing things you're good at but it's more than that because there are plenty of people who do things they're good at that they don't really care for. To be in your element, you, you have to love it. And if you love something you're good at, then you know, your whole life goes into a different direction because you're, you're feeding yourself in a different sort of way. And, and that's the distinction I make here. It's between physical energy and spiritual energy. And I, I mean it not in the formal religious sense, but I mean the sense in which you're in high spirits or low spirits. You know, you're feeling good or bad, up or down. And, you know, if you do something you really love to do, you, you may be physically worn out by it, but you're... You can be uplifted and feel great. But if you do things you don't care for, you might be physically fine, but down. I mean, people have that effect on us too, don't they? You see some people come into orgy and your heart lifts and you think, great, here they are. You see other people come into orgy and you think, really? <laughs> now, you know, can we reschedule? You know, and it's not because they're bad people. Their energy doesn't, doesn't really meet yours properly. So yes, I mean, to me, the whole process of being in, in your element, finding your element is understanding more about yourself, learning more about your own talents and the things that drive you, the things that excite you and lift you and give you energy. Uh, and then going out into the world and, and exposing yourself to experiences that might help you discover that. And that's about risk, really, isn't it? Because we can get a tremendous high from you know, spontaneous things, excitement and so on. But the energy that we get from actually truly authentically being inspired is sustainable. And we have a lifetime yeah, ahead of us. That's a really important point, I think. It's a big, and it's an important difference between happiness and, and just having a good time. You know, I mean, we all have great times, I hope, you know, where we party or, you know, there are times of exhilaration, you get on a high about something or other, you know, you go and, you know, spend time with your friends or you know, or 
go to a great event, but it doesn't necessarily sustain itself. You know, you can have a great time, but then when the hangover clears up or your head clears the next day or you've moved on, it's just another memory that you tuck away. To be happy is a much more sustainable conception. It's about living a life that you feel has meaning and purpose, where you wake up in the morning wanting to get to it and thinking, this is great. You know, you're not seeking some kind of periodic relief from it. You're just keen to be doing it. And I know people for whom that's true in almost every field. You know, there can be teachers who just can't wait to, to get to school. That It's challenging. It might be very hard work, but they love it. Or they could be, you know, homemakers or they could be working in in any kind of occupation or field. I, I tweeted about this recently. I asked people if they could name things that they would hate to do that other people seem to love. And you've got the whole normal list of things, you know, from chiropodists to pathologists. But I know chiropodists and pathologists absolutely live for what they do. I, mean, I spoke recently to a whole conference of pathologists and they, they live for it. And they're dealing with things that other people might find very difficult indeed to face every day. But almost every, anything you can think of, you know, somebody would love it and somebody couldn't bear it. And, and that's it simply speaks to the great richness and diversity of human talent and interest. But your book also touches on the role of tribe. How important is finding your tribe to actually becoming your true authentic self and actually getting into your element? I think it can be very important. I mean, what I mean by that is a phrase that my wife Terry suggested to me about finding your tribe. It's, it's finding people who share your interests, who share your passion. And in, in some cases, it's, it's, it's a very practical thing. You need other people to collaborate with. I mean, if your thing is, if you love team sports, then you need the team. And if you, if it's, if you love to dance, for example, you need people to partner with very often. But even, even in activities where you may think of it as a solo process like writing poetry finding other people being aware of other people a community of other people who are on a similar path even if you disagree with the work they do but they're engaged in the same sort of work they they have the same interest the same passion for it they might be alive or dead by the way i mean they might you might discover members of your tribe who passed away a long time ago but you feel a tremendous affinity with it's feeling that sense of a community of other people who share your your fundamental passion for something. And it's important in all kinds of ways. One of them is it's affirming to know that's the case. And secondly, we get a lot of inspiration from other people's work. It's very rare for people to work completely in isolation. And even when they think they do, they probably don't. You know, we, we work in traditions. We move towards them or we move away from them. We take inspiration from other people's work. And often other people raise our game for us. You know, you, you see what somebody else has done. You think, wow, I mean, I, I, that's set a different standard for me. So it's a, it's a very interesting and dynamic processes, but it, what it comes to is that we don't live in isolation from other people. We live you know, as part of reciprocating communities, and, and tapping into other people's energy is often a very powerful way of enhancing our own, and that we can do that. And that was creativity expert Sir Ken Robinson talking to me about his new book, Finding Your Element. And there's a beautiful poem at the end of Ken's book, which I think you'll like and certainly is inspiring on these cold, dark days in January. The poem is called Risk and it's attributed to the writer Aeneas Nin. And I suppose the poem is telling us that life isn't linear. So here goes. There came a time when the risk of remaining tight in a bud was greater than the risk it took to blossom. I'm sure you'll agree with me that simple yet really powerful poem is a beautiful way to end a book all about creativity and inspiration. Well, that's it for Talking Books for another week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Next week, I've a real page turner for you that will make you scream, sweat and shake. Okay, all that's left for me to do now is to thank the lovely Alan Regan on sound. And of course, thank you all for listening. We've been talking books. Why don't you break out of your January slumber?
Embrace the real world and get kick-started on all those wonderfully ambitious and noble New Year's resolutions. Talking Books on News Talk 106 to 108. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.